0: This is Fair Share, a podcast conversation with Philip Rosedale about digital currency and the future of money. My name is Dan Patterson, and in this episode, Philip explains the Fair Share business model, how it plans to operate and provide services, and its long-term vision. Philip, we have talked a lot about the function and mechanics of Fair Share, but I should, note this is not just theory you have thought about the launch plan and the actual like how fair share can operate in today's environment today's economic environment so let's let's start with um the business model of fair share and how you plan how it plans to operate uh and provide services and then kind of get from there to the launch plan, not just the business plan, but the launch plan.
1: Right. So business model. So kind of, as you say, first and foremost, the idea with fair share was to sort of ask the question, is there a way to build a different kind of currency that is more fair for people? You know, and then if so, like, what would the mechanism of that currency be? So kind of having established that and talked about that. Yeah. The question then is, is there a way to do that that's a reasonable business for you know, a company that would seek to build the thing and get it out there and get it launched, right? That, that's kind of the question. Um, one, one first aspect of that question brings us back to one of, the, uh, one of the things that's important when you buy and sell things in general with, you know, with any currency. Um, and and is actually strangely absent in crypto, <laughs> and that thing um, is uh, a kind of a recourse. Like if you if you if you bought you know an old car from somebody you didn't know, you'd have a lot of concerns about uh, buying it. You know, you 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 wouldn't know if you were going to get what you paid for, and one of you would have to send the money to the other one or send the car to the other one or whatever and, and in either case there'd be this real risk you know that one of the two of you would be unsatisfied with the 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 uh, transaction and of course that in the in the world of normal money you know that's like one of the reasons that for example we use credit cards right because when you make a when you buy something with a credit card if you're unhappy with a the purchase. There's something you can do. You know, you 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 can't always do exactly what you want. You know, but in many cases you can you can have some recourse, as they say, right, with the, with the transaction. And funnily enough, one of the things that um, the early kind of crypto enthusiasts really touted was the fact that you know, crypto transactions are not reversible. Once you hit send, there's no way to ever get the money back, and that's one of the big Features, so to speak, of crypto. And I I always think that's kind of funny, right? I mean, it's, you know, there are cases in which that's a good thing, but there are, of course, many, many, many other more common cases in which no recourse is a bad thing. Um, So, one observation to be made is that whether you're building a new economy on crypto or building it on, you know, Lego blocks or, you know, Printed dollars or whatever, you you probably end up wanting to have some sort of a buyer protection program or some sort of recourse or something similar to what you get, you know, when you use your Visa card to buy something. And that is an example of one of the ways that Fair Share um, can make money is by providing that mechanism for people, so that you have like recourse. You know, if everybody agrees to be subject to an agreement on you know what it means if somebody complains that they're they didn't get what they paid for Um, you can you can build a business around that and in fact that's what the credit card companies largely do is they build a business around in part you know kind of capturing a couple of percentage points of a transaction for protecting the transaction if something goes wrong Um, so that's one way as an example that fair share can make money Um, the other way is that as we've talked about When you exchange money between two different groups in fair share, there's probably a way for us as a company to help with that in a way that generates a business opportunity for us but isn't irreplaceable, which I think is important. You know, No component of this can put us or anybody else sort of in the middle of your transactions in a way that we can ultimately kind of increase our percentage until everybody's unhappy. That's
0: pretty important for a few reasons, but primarily because it's easy the business models are easy to understand. There is precedent for these business models. And uh, it's it is sustainable or it appears to be sustainable. So let's go to the launch plan. Like how how does Fair Share go from being an idea to a reality? Is it an app? Is it a website? Is it uh, w- how will I experience Fair Share? Well, first of all, my thinking is that you will
1: experience Fair Share as an app that feels exactly like using something like Venmo today, where you download an app and then you start making payments. Now, the difference with Fair Share, as we've discussed, is that there's one additional step, which is fun, I, I think, or c- could be, which is you need to find your group because, you know, imagine a version of Venmo, if you will, where there was just this one step, which is what group are you in? Because that's the group that is your home base where you know, you're getting an income from the system and you're you know, actively supporting those in your community. So the, the idea is you're gonna download an app, you're gonna find a group that will have you or has already invited you. You're gonna join that group and then the next morning you're gonna have money in your account, right? And you're gonna be able to start spending it. So that's the, the simple idea is download app, find group, get paid a daily income, start spending that daily income with others. So that's the kind of app side of the experience. Now the other side that you touched on there, right, is okay, what am I gonna be buying and who am I gonna be buying mm. it from, right? Now, because fair share is designed to be a currency and enable trade, right, like we've talked about in prior episodes, the, um, the, the gist of it is that it is, as a, it is providing a utility where people are able to share and exchange things with each other. So the question is, what's the pool of things they're exchanging? Now, I'm going to say at the outset, I'm not 100% sure, like any good Entrepreneur, um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I, but let me give you an example of where I think uh, something like Fair Share would immediately be useful. Um, the example would be a farmers market or a local swap meet. You know, I don't know how many people know that expression. I do from my own childhood yeah, sure. swap meet. You know, we had one by my house, and when I needed an old beat up computer or something like that, because I was learning to program. Eh, true, true, true story. Um, I went to the swap meet and walked up and down, you know, the parking lot or wherever that thing was set up until I found a old, you know, crappy computer on the ground that I could buy from somebody. So um, swap meets and farmers markets are really interesting because they're local gathering points Mm -hmm. where people in a geographic area come to exchange uh, basic goods and services or excess inventory, as one might say in, in business, you know that they no longer need and are willing to take almost anything for. They just want to get it transferred to somebody else. So that's an example of a rich supply of stuff to trade that people could begin using something like fair share for. And again, the idea with fair share is if you're trading as much, if you're selling as much as you're buying with a local community, the thing just completely works like we've talked about you know it it gives you an income and it keeps this runaway wealth inequality problem from happening so um i think that if you had both a local community that you could join a daily income and then Mm -hmm. a marketplace literally a physical place that you could walk to to spend that daily income with your community um it can it can take off from there because as we've discussed if you then get on an airplane and go to New York because you got a meeting there, you know, your phone is also going to tell you, hey, there are groups in New York that are using fair yeah. share as well. And would you like to, uh, you know, get dinner tonight from one of the places that does take these shares? You know, um, so the local idea is to start with something like farmers markets and swap meets, you know, something where people are actively wanting to share things with each other and then know that when you travel, you're going to be able to start playfully,
0: maybe at first, using this currency to buy things wherever you are. I'm not a developer or designer, but I can kind of see in my head, a, um, you know, maybe a Mastodon like experience where when I register, I can see a number of servers that are perhaps right. of interest. In the case of Fair Share, it could be here are groups that are. Uh, you have an affinity with, and the groups that are adjacent to it. So just like you described, I can interact locally, perhaps with a farmer's market, uh, but I can also travel and see the groups that I am related to and that do accept fair share. So what are some of... I I know that it's, you know, the unknown unknowns are always a challenge, but but when you think about the future, what are some of the challenges uh, that could... uh, and friction points that could kind of uh, uh, hamper or hamper the launch or uh, prevent fair share from catching on.
1: Well, you know, one question is how many groups they are and how big they are. But going back mm-hmm. to what you said, I think I think you described it really well. Like, especially if we use geography as a a primary kind of a key at the outset of finding each other then, yeah, the app could just basically say, hey, you know, here's the sharks and the jets and (laughs) the other groups that are in your area. Um, Which one is your group? Uh, Click here to join, right? And then as we've discussed before, the, I think the right mechanism, although there could be many different ways that groups manage their memberships, the simplest mechanism is the one where everybody in the group gets a message that says, hey, Dan wants to join the group. Do you want him in? And you know, the people that know Dan say, yep, I can vouch for Dan, you know, let's let him in right now. And that's essentially a democratic process where you manage the membership in a group. There could be other ones that are like, you know, maybe it's an alumni organization or something, right? And that, in that case, there's an official that, you know, is basically letting everybody in based on the, you know, hard knowledge that they went to that college or something. But the, the, the easiest idea is to start with geography. I think to the question that you ask about, like, what could go wrong... Um, well, of course, lots of things, but one of them is there might be like too many small groups or something at the outset, so that you can't really find people to trade with because there's just not enough. There's not enough uh, strength in numbers. There's not enough of a network effect in those initial groups. Um, like, for example, and and here's why I think that won't won't happen. You know, here's here's what I think will go right there. There's this famous thing. I don't know whether we've discussed it in other uh, episodes here called the Dunbar number. It's it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a yeah, it's kind of a legendary internet design thing because it's the number of people that most people can really know their relationship with. So if you have like an intimate relationship with other people, um, Martin Dunbar was a guy who pointed out that there's a there's a strict upper limit to that based on the size of your brain, and it's probably something like 150 people, right? So imagine for a moment that you belonged to a fair share group where everybody had, had one friend in common. So how big, let, let's do the math and say how big that group would be. So if 150 people know each other, and then, and then any of those 150 people know another 150 people, basically, the friends of friends, the number of friends of your friends is 150 squared, 150 times 150. And that number is twenty-two thousand five hundred. So, twenty-two thousand people can be in a community or a group where everybody has one friend. Is everybody is removed from each other by at most one other person? So, if I don't know Dan, I know somebody who knows Dan. So that's a pretty tight grouping, right? Like like knowing one person always that knows somebody else is a pretty good connection with that person. And so I'm going to surmise that that group could be pretty tightly bound. It could be a good example of a fair share currency group. So if you could have 22,000 people in that group, um, you've got a lot of people to trade things with. 22,000 people is like you got doctors and lawyers and software engineers and plumbers and, uh, you know, babysitters, you got everything in a group of 20,000 people. So I think my hope is that we could build something where you'd get, you'd suddenly get these little islands of thousands of people that were actively trading things with each other. And that would make everything, the, the flywheel spin from there. I think we might make mistakes, you know, entrepreneurially that caused, as I said, those groups to be like much smaller and more fragmented. And that could make us fail. But if you just think about that, friends of friends network being about 20,000, that's a pretty good number. So if we can just get the friends of one group of friends, you know, one one little Dunbar group starts it out and then they all invite all their friends, you're going to get something like 20,000 people in that network.
0: I like this for a lot of reasons, but I lived, It's it's kind of the, instead of the economies of scale, it's the economy of local. I lived in a town of about 20,000 people in the metro area years ago. But it's exactly like you described. You have a great, robust population of doctors and lawyers and students and retail workers and all sorts of people that make up the not just economy, but the community. And that seems like a, a great size to begin with. Last question. Philip And we haven't talked a lot about promotion or like really encourage people to go get fair share. But for those who have listened to this entire series so far, where can they go to learn more about not just fair share the app or the discord channel, but where can they go to learn more about fair share the idea?
1: Well, there's a lot. There's, there's. I have written on Medium and on Substack at Philip Rosedale about a bunch of this stuff. You know, in a scholarly way. You can see some of my earliest writings on it, which are less well formed and you know, different kind of meandering, talking about money and talking about money in second life and things like that. Um, there's also a website which has both um, a better, well, a, a succinct description of what we're doing a simulation of it um, and a link to discord where we have been prototyping this with real people with multiple groups as we've been talking about and that is at fairshare.social and you can find that there there's a link to the discord group if you want to actually jump in with us and you know in text uh, have the conversations that you know you're you're hearing the two of us have right now
0: And I'll put all the links to the Discord channel and the website uh, and the app in the show notes for these posts. Thanks for listening to Fair Share, a podcast conversation about the future of digital currency. To learn more about the project and join the Discord, visit fairshare.social. And you can listen to more episodes of this podcast at fairshare.substack.com.